Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to this edition of the Believe in Grizzlies. Today I have Miss McCrennan, Primmon. Um, she's a lady of Grizz Twitter. Hey, Miss McCrennan, but we're not calling it X. How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, yeah, it, I, it's hard to not. It's hard to go away and start saying X. We've called it Twitter for so long. So long, yeah. We just mm-hmm. gonna keep calling it Twitter because yeah. So that was a big game on yesterday. Um, oh, it was, absolutely. It was, it, oh my God, it was everything that I needed. But girl, let me not jump ahead of you because you know, if you give me the button, I'm going, I'm going, I'm going for it. Yeah, the way I'm feeling, I might let you talk more today. So John Morant <laughs> returned from his 25 game suspension, returned yesterday. And wow, we see how amazing he is. But what got me, you know, it was on TNT, they played the New Orleans Pelicans. What got me? I got tired of that announcer saying every five minutes, job was suspended for 25 games. Everybody around the world knew job was suspended. Everybody knew. People that don't watch basketball knew. Why he can't have to keep saying it? The man served his time. I'm going to say time. He served his time. Why they got to keep bringing it up every quarter? Every five minutes, I got tired of it myself. I'm like, you gotta say this every time. If I if I did a drinking game, I probably would have been drunk by the time the game was over. <laughs> I got tired. Of, I wanted to mute. I was like, why in the world, Pete and Brevin is not on here? Cause man, I'm like, why? Then they started talking about he gotta do this, he gotta do that. I just it just made me so sick. And then they wonder why people don't like. The national media, what is your agenda? Why you had to keep bringing it up? Like the man committed some kind of atrocity. Do you be saying that about just getting allegations? Uh-oh. I'm just saying. <laughs> Do they? They probably don't even mention every time he gets the ball. You know what I'm saying? They probably don't I, even mention it. I agree. I just, I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. the interesting thing about First of all, let me start by saying I think that um, independent writers and a lot of the beat writers and and more local writers are, to me, more authentic. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean that from the perspective of they give you what's really on their heart simply because they most of the teams that they write about or sports that they write about is something near and dear to them. It's like it's something local. So, of course, they're going to write about it with passion. Sometimes it's a little biased, but sometimes I feel like that's with anything, you know, and I feel like with the national media, they have money tied into it and, and, and sponsors and things. So it's certain things that they have to push more than what the true, the truth of the matter is. And so 
When you look at a player like John Morant, who has the star power that he has. So, you know, people try to make him or they try to say he sound that he's local, like all these other guys. No, Ja is an international superstar. If you travel around the world, everybody is going to know Ja Morant. His name, I almost, I honestly wholeheartedly agree, is going to be in the same mentions with the LeBron James and the Steph Currys around the world. And so when you're talking about a, a guy this big, and uh, a, a just straight up superstar, what you're going to get is, is that you're going to see certain punishments toward those superstars if they get out of line, as opposed to a player that may not be as popular. And that's what I'm seeing here with Ja Morant, because I feel like, don't get me wrong, I think Ja is well aware of what's at stake and what, what has been going on for the last eight months. He just told you he's been away for eight months. So clearly he understands. And if he, I know his money definitely understands, you know? And I was looking at some about saying he's lost like, uh, like it was millions, right? So I think even from that perspective, he knows what's at stake. He knows what he's lost. I don't think we have to keep rehashing it, but I think one of the reasons why media does that is because at the end of the day, they have people that writes their check. They have people that tell them what agendas they're going to push on their national media stage. And because of that, in the words of Cam Newton, they're tied to an agenda. So they can't say what they really want to say. They have to say what they're paid to say. And, but, but here's the thing. I know some people who write for national organizations, they write for national outlets, but you know what they say. I'm not going to try to keep a black man down regardless of what the check is. I'm not doing it. But some, they sell it. They sell their souls or whatever. Because first of all, John did not commit a crime. But why you got to keep bringing it up? He he did it. He's back. You don't have to keep bringing it up every second, every every quarter. It don't have to be, you know, brought up. I mean, yeah, you, can I, say, I you can say that he made history on that. But you can't, you know, shouldn't have to keep saying it. Over and over again, that's taken away from the game. Well, I know people got tired of hearing it and they turned it off and they missed this awesome performance from this man who had played um, a game in eight months. And baby, when I tell you, he was tired. He was real tired because people don't understand. You can practice all day long, but getting in the game, playing an actual game, you can't simulate that. You can't do it. You got to sit there for 48 minutes. Sometimes you get your rest. And baby, he was windy. He had to go get some oxygen. My, I like, oh, Lord, because I saw him walking. I said, he's going to get some oxygen. And that's what he said. But I like, you know, he's taking accountability, everything like that. Just move on from, from the 25-game suspension. Yeah, I agree. They definitely, like, it's over. Like, and to me, it's just, it's almost like, having a sore, a scab, that scab never really heals if you keep picking at it. And I'm just ready for them to move on. And I don't say that just because I, I love I love to watch John Morant play basketball. I say it because it's a tied narrative. They've talked about it the past year. You know, we've moved on from it. And how can he ever move on from it if every time you turn around, they're trying to make him relive it. And so I, I just think that, and for me, the bigger issue is, is that it was more about the social image that it put that it that it actually reflected than anything. And so for me, it's kind of like something that's just really been 
taken out of proportion. And I mean, I think, and it's more about, has a lot more to do in my personal opinion with his, with who he works for and the, the image that they want him to portray as opposed to if he did anything wrong. And sometimes it's, it's no different than a job. They have certain rules and regulations that you have to abide by. And in this particular case, you know, he he basically went against their conduct code from from my understanding. And because of that, that's why it was an issue, not because he did anything wrong per se. Right. And so and you're right on ahead. that. You're right on that. But he served his 25 game suspension. Oh, he's I know. Been, I don't disagree with that. He's been out of the, he's been out of the limelight. He's been doing what they told him to do. That's why he was able to come back. He all the requirements, he met them. And he's taking responsibility for it. So move on. But you know, part of the elephant in the room, uh, uh, Sharon, a part of the elephant in the room is, and let's just be honest, the national media kind of has it out for John Morant because, and I think it has a lot to do with, for sensational of a talent as he is, they don't like the bravado. I mean, let's just be honest. I love the bravado, but they don't like the bravado. And so because they don't like the bravado, this is what you're going to get. Right. And then it's just like Friday when he talked to the media, he was trying to be subdued. But, you know, like after the game, he was like, he's a dog. I mean, he was just so happy and just like he was so relieved. And then I read an article that his dad was trying to you know, not do things because he don't want to be the attention anymore and things to that nature. And, and it's just sad, man. It's sad. It is. And I and I wondered why, you know, if you I don't know if you paid attention to him after the 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 press after he did his press conference and he said, you know, I'm happy to be back in a sense and everybody was excited for me, but it was also sad. And I don't know if people caught that. But yeah, I, him, yeah, I heard I heard that too. And I don't know if it's sad because he was away. I don't know why I was sad, but it's just like he's made a change in his life. He said he's got closer to God and things of that nature. So just let him move on. I'm tired of talking about it. Let's talk oh, about the I game. I agree. I agree. Well, let's talk about that game last night, girl. Man, that was, ooh, it was something. But, um, like, he was winded, you know, the first, uh, I think the first half he had only – how many more? He only had seven points. Was it seven points? Yeah, okay, seven no. points because he scored twenty-seven <laughs> in the second half. Yeah, he had he scored fourteen in the um fourth quarter, and then yeah, like, it was thirteen in the third and fourteen in the fourth. And uh, Dez was off, and then Jaron he had gotten foul <clears throat> foul trouble. Um, I think Jaron had ten points at the half, but he mm -hmm. scored fourteen points in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. And so, like, when Ja went out to get that rest in the fourth quarter, it was Jaron who um, led the comeback because he kept going down the floor. And I, I, I was so happy they was feeding him, and he was getting in foul trouble. And, I mean, he was getting them in foul trouble, or he would make a quick basket. That was so nice to see. And to see Dez, Ja, and Jaron work together, and then they got Marcus Smart coming back and Luke Kennard. Ooh. Listen, let me tell you something. I am so excited about being able to see this. This, and here's the thing: I was I was actually listening to Gilbert Arenas earlier today, 
And, you know, because I'm a big sports fan, so I like to listen to what everybody has to say. And and Gil loves y'all. But um, what's interesting is, is that they were talking about the 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 parents with him uh whatever with Bane and uh and and Triple J and one of the things that I think that they did not give them enough credit for is that yes down the stretch they've been struggling down the stretch of games and the reason being is because they're out of gas somebody has to offer them something besides the big three somebody has to and that's one of the uh the biggest things that I'm seeing right now is that they got to get more, you know, and I'm hoping that help is coming with Marcus Smart and Luke Kennard um, sooner rather than later because they're struggling to score outside of the big three. And I think once they get that together with, but see, here's the thing. Even though Bain was off doing the first half of the game last night, in the second half, he looked a lot better. But who has not been getting a lot of uh, recognition for his offensive game and how he's been churning out has been Jaron. And uh, Jaron has really played a consistent offensive game. And we haven't been able to see that, you know, a lot last year, at least not as consistent as this year. And so I think he's been discredited a lot for what he's doing. And Jaron, the aggressive Jaron that we're getting now, if we would have gotten that last year, and I'm not going to go back over, oh, go back into the past. But th think about how much further along he'd be now because he would have already been doing it. But Jaron offensively looks so much better. I love the aggression that we're getting from him. I I love the aggression we're getting from Bain. If we can just get it all put together, we're going to see something. Right, and especially when the other guys come back. And shout out to Xavier Tillman and Vince Williams Jr. Because them two, they was a part of their comeback. Vince Williams Jr., when he hit that three to go in the half, he was talking smack to C.J. McCollum. Oh, I love that. Listen, I love that. He had C.J. McCollum scared because in the second half, C.J. was throwing air balls. What the fuck tell that man? Listen, when you got a bona fide defender or player that is so confident in his ability that he talks to any and everybody the same way he doesn't care who you are, that is someone you want to ride with until the wheels fall off because they're going to deliver every single time. And even if they can't deliver, they're going to, they sure, they are darn sure going to try, you know what I'm saying, as much as they can to deliver for you. And so Vince is a dog by all accounts. And I think he's been one of the bright spots that it came out, that's come out of that 20. Ms. McCrina, are you still there? So, um, Vince Williams Jr. is a dog, okay? I mean, I'm going to just keep repeating that. He's a dog. I mean, just his level of defense and his commitment to the defense is really, really ridiculous. And I love that about him. And, um, and for me, I just, for me, his level, his attention to detail defensively is really what they needed from, um, a three and D wing. And so I, he, and he's fearless, especially when it comes to guarding 
Um, and I love that about him. He's not willing to not guard the best player. He wants to guard the best player. Um, and he doesn't back down from the moment. And so I love that dog about him. And then on top of that, he's looking like he can make shots. And so that is something that the Grizzlies really, really are looking forward to. And um, I think he'll really be beneficial for this team uh, going uh, long-term. Um, and uh, you asked me a little bit about X. Now, look, I love X defensively. Um, I'm just waiting for them, and I know it's going to be some rust there. I'm just waiting for them to be able to, to knock the dust off, you know, simply because Ja moves at the speed of light. He's like a little road runner. And because he moves so fast, it's almost like they're not prepared beep, beep, for it. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> it's almost like they're not prepared for it because he moves so fast. And I know I'm dating myself with the roadrunner, but listen, he's like lightning fast. Like it's no, it's nothing else I can say about it. And so it's almost like it's happening so fast that they can't keep up. But once they get that clicking and they knock the rust off from that and they see the lobs coming and they can kind of read what he's doing and the continuity is there, I think that they'll both be able to add offensively as well as defensively. Okay, I'm going to tell my age. He's a black speedy Gonzalez. <laughs> they were along the same timeline now. Okay, they were along the same timeline. Okay, so you, I'm telling mine too. <laughs> right, so um, let's talk about Josh's defense. It's just he just did a, such a good job. I like that play where um, Valentinus had went up for a shot. Ja wrapped it for the offensive rebound, rebound, and he threw it off Zion. To get, <laughs> he threw it off Zion. That was so funny to me. You know, Ja made a, quite a few hustle plays last night. Um, that one in particular where he threw it off Zion. Zion, like Ja, he processes really fast. And I, I think that's something that's very underrated about him. He sees the game very fast, and he sees it before he happens. It's almost like uh, premonition is what they what they call it. But he can he has court vision, and so he can yeah he, he's very he, yeah. he's very photogenic. His his uncle said that he can learn stuff really fast. So yeah, what he can tell was, it. In the first half, he was learning stuff. Then the second half, let's go win this game. Right. And he processes very fast. You could tell he processes very fast. And um, and you could tell it. You could tell the switch between the first half and the second half. He the first half, he's like, let me figure it out. What can I do? What can I do? And in the second half, he's like, Well, let me go do it. And so he processes the game at a high level. Um, he took the ball from uh Jonas Valentunas, and I'm like, Job might be strong for real, for real. Like, you know, because he just ripped it out of it, right? Ripped it out of his hand. And he did that a couple times last night. And so defensively, he was just, Job was ready to be Job. You could tell that he was just really hyped for this game. And I think we're going to see him, we're going to see him play well on both ends. Because I think he wants it. I think he I, I think he wants it more than people think he wants it. And so I think we're gonna see, you know, that job where it's kind of like, look out, uh, this might get scary. Right. He he just wanna put, prove people wrong. Yeah, he take, took receipts because when Anthony asked him that question, job first question was, who they say? So when he he said that, we knew, but you know, he had to keep it PG, you know. I mean, his face first press conference back, but you know what? He said that you know 
he went in the press conference. He said they're going to the locker room. I kept receipts. And baby, don't we all keep them receipts, don't we? Uh, girl, baby, girl, listen. I, I bookmarked a whole lot of stuff. I'm going to be like Asia. Uh, um, what's that? Good? Okay, Asia Wilson. Kind of yeah, I'm going to be like Asia Wilson in the Las Vegas Aces. I knew what her name was, but, you know, I was having one of the moments where I couldn't remember what it was, mm-hmm. but I know who she is. You ever had one? And then, like, Angel Reese said, she kept receipts, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, y'all, keep receipts on these haters, because some of them all hate. And I hope Jaron Jackson Jr. keep receipts on some of the haters that he got as well. I hope he keeps receipts, too, but I just don't think that that's uh, Jaron's personality. Listen, we're in the age of petty, and I'm here for it. Oh, Jaron is plenty petty. Really? I listen, I would have never thought it, but listen, I just never talked thought that was his personality. But I mean, I don't know him like that. So, you know, y'all, y'all listen, listen, listen how sarcastic he be at the press conference. Listen <laughs> how sarcastic he be at the press conference. Listen to that. Oh, he real petty. Oh, yeah. Listen, we're in the age of petty, and so if petty can be had. We're going to see petty on all types of level. And I'm here for all of the pettiness, okay? I'm here for it all. And so um, I I think that that's what we're going to get. And listen, I absolutely love the fact that Anthony Sane asked that question because I said, Anthony is setting these people up and they don't even know they're being setting up. And it ain't even really Halliburton's fault or Brunson's fault, or anybody else that they said was better than him. It was just that that's kind of how it fell. And so I love that he asked that question because I thought it was hilarious. And when he said who they say, I saw that. Right. I like, okay, okay. And I said, uh-oh. He, they he, said they from, he said that guy from New York. I'm <laughs> like, oh, my God. And it was just so funny. But look, that same night, Jacob Brunson went and dropped 50. He did. But you know what was amazing? He took took that personally. He took it personally. It was so amazing. What was so amazing to me is because uh, Brunson has that turn it on and off switch. But to me, he's a good player, but he doesn't have the, like, Ja has moxie, okay? And that's what puts people butts in seat. He just does it with a moxie and a vibrato and said, I'm the best guy. And if you think you better, show me. And when you have a person like that, you got to watch. You got to watch. Like, and so even though Brunson, he drops those quiet, like, listen, it's John McCray. Look, what y'all been saying? Jaron dropping the quiet 30. 30 no, Ja is going to drop loud 40s and loud 50s because that's who he is. And and I can't wait to see it myself. Well, it ain't no quiet 30. We be sarcastic because the dude said Jaron dropped the quiet 30. What was the quiet 30 at? Well, quiet 40. It's just ridiculous. But uh, I, I'm going to say this. Shout out to Jessica Vincent from Brian City Media. When she said on her show this morning in the state of Memphis, ooh, and I really loved it. Jessica is a real one because we don't claim Tennessee like that. Mm, I didn't know that. Now that's news to me because I'm not from yes. Memphis. But listen, I am, I'm not from Memphis, but listen, I, I love the culture. Oh, I love all cultures pretty much, but I love the culture of what, it, what they got going on. Like that whole 
we living by the grit and grind. We live by our own creed and our own standards, our own codes. You got to respect it, you know? And so for me, I'm just a good old Southerner. I just, I just love the Southern way and I love the Southerners. And so, you know, that's, that's me. But yes, I, I love what this is doing for the city of Memphis. Um, I right. think that the sports, uh, sports arena, listen, I'm just a big fan of just small markets because right. markets don't get as much movement and traction. And so when you got somebody that's willing to be in that small market and grind it out with you, you got to love that. You got to respect it and you got to be proud to have it. So exactly. I mean, it doesn't come often. And it's going to be packed tomorrow night in Jaws Homecoming. I'm telling you, it's going to be real packed. It's going to be loud. And I bet it's going to be like a playoff game. So, Grizzlies, don't disappoint it. Don't disappoint the fans. Oh, no. They said that the tickets are pretty much almost sold out. So, I think it's going to be a full house tomorrow. Right. And then, like, some people selling tickets for $1,000. I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> but they was complaining. People was complaining where the Grizzlies ticket, they only $4. Well, why y'all sitting up there mad at an organization? Well, that was resale tickets. Why y'all sitting up there trying to um act like y'all so elitist? If if they got some four dollar uh ticket and a, a a family of poverty that's in poverty can afford them tickets, that's a good thing. It's not a bad thing. I just just get so tired of people elitist attitude. Cause like ain't nobody finna pay no twenty five thousand dollars um for no tickets to go see no Los Angeles Lakers. I, I, I think that that's, I think that you're absolutely right. And again, I'm from North Carolina. And so I'm from North Carolina. And so being a North Carolina, a, a Carolina Panther fan, when we're not good right now, um, even when we're bad, our tickets are two or $300 just to get a, get a decent seat. And so um, at least the ones that I like to get uh, are like uh, two and $300. And so I've never seen tickets that low and, you know, I've gone on the website and I've seen some of the prices and I'm like, be grateful, City of Memphis fans, that y'all tickets are as low as they are because other states don't have that. Right, right. And small markets, sometimes they have to deal with that, but those were the resale prices. that You couldn't find that on, on Ticketmaster. They were the resale prices, but it's it's okay. People, gonna, people they got affordable tickets. So move on. But tomorrow is going to be like a playoff atmosphere. I'm telling you, because you know Tyrese Halliburton and the uh, Indiana Pacers. You know they playing tonight. It's gonna be the second night of a back to back. And hey, job. Hey, hey, the Grizzlies are one in eleven at home. They need to win that second game, that second home game. The fans have been let down, and it's gonna be loud in there. It's gonna be packed. And if they down, they probably will them people. To win, and my only gripe with Taylor Jenkins last night is in the second quarter when things went to hell and those substitutions. Oh my God, substitution! And you know what? Ja had to save him again. Listen. Speak on that, my sister. Listen. Speak on that, my sister, because I know you want to. Now you know. <laughs> Listen. I try to be as diplomatic about this as possible because I know that there are some a lot of good things that Taylor has done for the Grizzlies. And I know that they're in an uphill battle in terms of injuries and not being able to play all the pieces that they want to play because they have so many injuries. 
However, in that second quarter, when he put just Desmond Bain out there and a bunch of five other people or four other people that could not create their own shots, I said, this is Dilemma City. And the reason why it was Dilemma City was because, number one, Des, it was taking him, he was struggling last night. It was taking him a while to get going. And then on top of that, all they were doing was face gardening or doubling him. And if you got other guys that cannot create their own shot, that cannot drive to the basket and get dribble penetration, you got a problem because you can't score offensively because you can't get good looks to the basket. And that's what we saw in the second quarter. Now, when Jenkins called that first time out, I thought, surely he's going to fix this, but he did not. And he rolled a little while longer. And that's why the lead ballooned like it did. Because he, what you said. he didn't make the what adjustment. You said. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay, Jenkins here. What are we doing? This is too long. You're you cannot stick Desmond Bain on the court by himself because all they do is face guard him. Um, or they double him. You gotta put another score out there to balance it out. You can't do that anymore because else you're gonna have problems. You you just are. And what I think should be happening or I need to see happening, if not this year, or I would like to see it as the year progress, that we get more out of Santi in terms of dribble penetration. Because at one point he was doing that, but now it's like he just lurks around the three-point line. And I don't think that that's good in terms of if you're just going to have Desmond Bain on the, on the floor and nobody else. But like I said, the fourth quarter comeback, happened when Jaron Jackson Jr. was out there. And then it's just like, I think he got to a point where he was taking the ball up, and you know what he would do? He'll take the ball up, go straight to the basket. Either he'll get fouled or he'll make a book. And I love to see that, that aggressive Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, I as really quiet as it, listen, and to piggyback off of what you're saying, not meaning to cut you off, as quiet as it's kept, Jaron also had 14 points in the fourth quarter last night. But, hey, yes, I he Yes, he did. I brought it up early in the podcast. He had 14 points as well. Yeah, he, he definitely he did. He went to the free throw line. He um, shot 15 free throws. He missed some of them. But, hey, Ja had 11, uh, 12 free throws. So, Jaron has been one of the lead leaders in free throw um, shooting in the league because he, he gets to the line. He used his um, ability to get to the line. Yeah, Jared had a smooth 24 last night, even when he was having complications from the foul line. I mean, well, he, foul he, had, trouble. He, he had four fouls. Four. Mm-hmm. And he played the entire fourth quarter. Right. And and that's the thing. I think sometimes, uh, Jaron, we've seen it a lot less this year with him, but most people make it sound like he stays in a lot of foul trouble. Jaren's and he doesn't. He hasn't probably- been. His biggest issue with the foul trouble was the offensive fouls that he was causing when he hooks that arm. But if you notice, mm-hmm. he hasn't done that as much this year. And so you right. can see that the fouls has dropped because he's only fouled out of, what, one game this year? And we played 25 games, and he's played 30, did he, 35 did he foul out? in all of those games. Did he foul out or Jenkins fouled him out? I'm not – I thought he fouled out. I'm not sure – but I think I, I, I don't think so. I think I think Jenkins fouled him out. I think the most he's had is five fouls. Five fouls. He, yeah. He, well, I know we've seen a lot of progression from him offensively, where he's not getting those offensive fouls anymore. Let me knock on wood. <laughs> he's been doing really good. 
Um, and so I think as long as he keeps, because most of those fouls are coming from the offensive fouls, not defensively. And mm-hmm. so I, I think that he just has this reputation, but it's actually not the truth anymore. Right. And then like, some, of the fouls, some of the fouls he got, Zeke has challenged him one. Right. So nobody will ever tell you, but I think that referees sometimes come in with their own mindset of what they think should happen. And I think they just blow the whistle sometimes. We, 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 are, we, we already know. We already know. But on that note, what you think is going to happen tomorrow? It's going to be Jaws homecoming, his first game at the FedEx Forum. What's your prediction? Um, I think that um, the Indiana Pacers do not play defense. They do score a lot. They score about 130. And the Memphis normally average, they bring that down around, because you got to remember, they just played the Pelicans, who were like one of the higher scoring teams too. And they limited them to 114 points. So the, 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 the Indiana Pacers, they um, – Average uh 130 points a game. And so I think that the Grizzlies are gonna limit that a lot because it's kind of like they can play that fast-paced offense with them. And the other thing is, is that they don't have the defense to to limit us, they just try to outscore teams. And so if if we if we get to the point where they are actually playing well defensively, then offensively, I think they're gonna get what they want. And I think it, the game could be over pretty quickly if we start to see that. And tonight they beat the uh, Charlotte Hornets, 144 to 113. See how many points? See, they score a lot of points, but they don't play a lot of defense. So if you can play well defensively with them and you can limit those extra shots and, and the history of the Memphis Grizzlies says that they limit teams they don't get those high-scoring games like that. So if they limit them, I think they can get pretty much whatever they want against a big three because they don't have anybody to guard. Who's going to guard? Who's going to guard John Moran? Who's going to guard Jaron Jackson now that he's an offensive five? Who's going to guard Desmond Bain? I I don't I don't see it. And so if you're asking us to get, but but the key is going to be defensive stance. They got to have a defensive stance against the Indiana Pacers. If they if they can clear that, I think the offense will come. Let me run off their stats uh tonight against the Charlotte Hornets. Um they shot 61% from the field, 49 of 80. They shot 46% from three. They got 18 threes. They 28 of 30 free throws. Um they got 38 rebounds, eight offensive rebounds. Um Tyrese Halliburton had 19 points, three rebounds, 13 assists, one steal, and one block. Listen, now they do got some sharpshooters over there in Buddy Hill right, they, and Miles yeah, Turner and them. But if we take, if we can take at least one of them away, all you got to do is take one away. <laughs> you got to take one, you got to take their best offensive weapon away. And people say it's, it's Halliburton. But I, I think it's either going to be Miles Turner or Buddy Hill. If they take one of them away, and I think that Vince can handle that task, right. I think that they can limit them offensively and we can handicap them. And I think that's right. what they're going to have to do. So I think 
it's gonna be a good game. I don't hopefully the Greasy won't, you know, um get down by 24 again. But as somebody said on the Grizzlies, Grizz beat the um the media uh Grizz beat today, so they shot they should have got back back down um 25. That would have been real poetic justice that he came back from a 25 point lead to win. But well, it was almost 25, it was 24. Yeah. It, it, that was that was that was awesome. It was really awesome. Well, Miss McCrennan, thank you for um coming on with me tonight. Even though we had technical difficulties, we still made through this thing right here. Listen, on that note, tonight, I love to talk basketball, really any sport. Basketball, football, you you ask me, I'm, I'm gonna say, and I just love the fact that I get to do it with other women that love the sport just as much as me. And I really appreciate the opportunity. And you know, you can call on me anytime. I'm I'm gonna be ready. <laughs> I got you. So on that on that note, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube